Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflow from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, but oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to Monday Night Raw and the next stage in the new era of Triple H. I'm still on a come down from a phenomenal SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, me as well, and I didn't even like the show as much as you did. The Triple H era stuff already is taking on a life of its own. I think mostly off the um, segment that opened some, well, the post-match segment of the opener of SummerSlam with the five women all together in the ring because Triple H has, we kind of touched upon this on the SummerSlam podcast, immediately identified an area with which he feels he is incredibly strong in. Mm -hmm. That is the booking of women's wrestling. Has spotted an area that has been badly, badly underserviced by WWE at large for the last several years. Since the strides he tried to make once upon a time with the sort of golden era of NXT and that collection of call-ups at the time. And what it's done, more so than anything really that happened on last week's Raw, has galvanized people around the idea that he actually can do something. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a long and arduous process. Um, Triple H himself last week, didn't he, said it was a team effort. Mm -hmm. He was big on name-checking. Kevin Dunn specifically, which I think got a lot of people confused. I thought he was going to be one of the first to go. It's a political minefield attempting to completely reimagine a company that has been shaped in one man's image for its virtual entire existence since he first purchased it off his own dad. So it's not just like Triple H can click his fingers and one week all of a sudden everything is the way he likes it. Or it looks like if you're listening and you loved it, your preferred version of NXT, or for that matter, your preferred version of any product. He can't do that. But what he can do quite quickly is do things that look completely justifiable, which is push returning wrestlers push new wrestlers, mm-hmm. reinvigorate a division. This just looks like sound practice. So it's almost like while he's doing that, we'll get the old Paul Heyman distraction method of, well, this is a good rest. This is not an ego. It's not a triple A. It's not a me thing. I'm doing this for the for the good of business. And in the meantime, like, all right, Kevin, can you uh, just call it on the camera cuts, please, mate? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
No, Michael, actually, I'm not going to speak into your ear tonight. You say what you think comes naturally, and I'll just pick up with you if I feel like you need to get something else across in the match. That's absolutely fine. Um, swearing, well, if you want. You know, really, if you want, you can tone down the stoner just a little bit. Not not every week, just because you're selling the injury. I'm sure I'm sure next week we'll go back to that stoner thing. Yeah, 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 Vince. Loved, yeah, loved that direction. <laughs> you? Loved it. I love Cheech and Chong. Really cool, really cool. <laughs> Love, love, but I, I enjoy comedy as much as the next man. But just because he's selling the gravitas to Seth thing, just, uh, and then bit by bit by bit, brick by painful brick, he might be able to rebuild it that way. But what I love about the women's division moment was that was an immediate thing that it didn't need to be this subtle thing. It was an immediate, that is so you, mate. Like, I said this on Twitter, so I'm repeating my own crack here, but you'd have to be hanging neon green skulls off the faces to make that any more of a Triple H <laughs> scene. That is so his thing. I'll have Poppy singing over the whole yeah. thing. That's that much of a him thing. And that alone, well, not that alone, Brock Lesnar lifted the ring with a tractor, but that alone has kind of made SummerSlam fallout, oh. which would normally be the way we kind of take the piss out, the fact that WWE haven't given us anything to talk about, actually something to talk about. But stuff they happened. Really need to advertise anything, do no, they? No, stuff happened that on the episodically driven wrestling show, made you want to watch the next episode of the wrestling show. Imagine that. Imagine that, Vince. It's a fucking marathon, not a sprint after all. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk more about Seth and, and Riddle and the Street Province and the Judgment Day in, in due course. But we should start in the place you alluded to there, and that's Bianca Belair and what's next for her. Because not only have you got, you know, not Becky Lynch, but Becky Lynch was, was partnering her against the... Uh, returning force of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and the newly named EO Sky, formerly mm-hmm. EO Shirai, of course. You've got Rhea Ripley, looking mm-hmm. like an absolute beast out there for the Judgment Day. Alexa Bliss, as we mentioned, uh, refocused her attention on the on the world title. It's just so stacked, and I'm also looking forward to some justification, as Andy sort of alluded to on the news today, as to why these three have been put together in this group, other than... <laughs> WWE potentially relapsing into when we had Team PCB and Team Bad and Team all the others. I sense it's probably not that, but they all have a reason to be together. These three, don't they? Yeah, there are there are loose connections that you can make now, and we'll see if WWE chooses to use them or have something else in the back pocket as to why. Um, I will say this is all obviously very. Uh, I suppose beauty in the, is in the eye of the beholder a little bit here because at the moment a lot of it will be subjective headcanon. So it's my belief that Dakota Kai specifically will be used, especially as somebody that was legitimately fired and legitimately rehired. <laughs> this is not just a call-up. This is somebody returned to the company f- that said, we no longer need you. I feel like we'll have a lot to do with Bailey sort of operating on the sidelines. Mm. It'll be presented as, in kayfabe, of course, as, a co- as a, like a covert thing where while she was off injured, she was constantly surveying the scene. She is obsessed with women's wrestling. None of what she said before was ever an act. She believes in this art form more than anybody else. And she didn't like what was happening to certain people. And it became her goal when she came back. She can still spin this as a heel trait, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But that it was her goal and her intention to right some of the wrongs that she foresaw while she was out. What she can do is pin these wrongs on Bianca Belair. Mm. She can say, some champion you were. Like, I held the SmackDown title for, like, for a record amount of time. And people couldn't even beat these sheep couldn't even come at this building, and people still talk about my reign as this legendary thing. What happened when you got the belt? People like Dakota Kai were kicked to the curb. Stuff like that, you know, like make her seem like she was a bad leader, pin it on her, that sort of thing, and immediately you've got this. Well, was really, we know that Bailey's just got this lingering yeah. spite from 2021. So something along those lines, for example. 
Io Shirai, they have to be careful the tightrope they walk here. But I would be interested in seeing if Triple H has the uh, as a boss to neg ever so slightly dead uh, by sort of suggesting through Bailey that. And I look at someone like an Io Sky. What chance was she going to get yeah. coming from NXT? What chance did I have when I came from NXT? Dakota Kai here, she didn't even get the chance to come from NXT. So it's no wonder that when I spoke to her, she jumped at the chance to make it onto Monday Night Raw when I was set to make it. That's, I've just come up with that. Yeah. Not just off the top of my head. It's stuff that they've permitted me to think about. Mm-hmm. But there are narrative ways with which to like bring these women together quite quickly. Uh, you've got... Uh, both EO and Dakota were on NXT with uh, Bianca Belair at the same time, and yet Bianca Belair has soared on the main roster. She has gone to these incredible heights. She's main event at WrestleMania. She's won the women's title at WrestleMania twice. She now stands pretty much atop the pile in the division, and they could even do just things along the line, like, where were my opportunities? You know, we were marooned on the same brand that you were, and yet you have got all these opportunities and we haven't had them. And uh, Bailey being some sort of like NXT whisperer suggesting like, why her? What's so special about her that you guys didn't get? You know, like driving all that negative emotion, all that kind of stuff. So you've got all that. And then at the same time, though we don't know her status exactly, you've got a potential babyface, Becky Lynch, as Bianca Belair's immediate help for this mini feud they're doing. But you're right to mention Alexa Bliss and Rhea Ripley because we are suddenly dealing with what looks to be a division a division, it's that Simpsons, a division on the grow. Like Rhea Ripley <laughs> is the muscle of the Judgment Day right now, but that's a cool way to push her without directly pushing mm-hmm. her. She can become again a woman that the women should be scared of. That's where Rhea Ripley yeah. needs to get back yeah, to. Yeah, they yeah. need to fear the day that she remembers that there's a woman's title. Fear the Rhea. Fear the Rhea. You've, we've done it again. We've mastered it again. <laughs> but like they need to remember that one of these days she might challenge the title and they should be terrified and she can just batter the Mysterios in the meantime to prove that point. Alexa Bliss, on the other hand, it's going to be interesting tonight, isn't it? I do wonder if Becky Lynch can stick around if babyface Alexa Bliss will join up with Becky and Mm. Bianca in the short term as that third person to put herself in the mix. But we've already now got the awareness that her eyes on the prize. So how long can... Like they, how long can they sort of coexist as baby faces when it's clear that she's got designs on the title? Or if Becky is injured mm-hmm. and Alexa is, you know, still making a Racking case up wins. for her to, to be the number one contender, maybe there's two women who've maybe been out in the cold, mm-hmm. uh, who only Triple H could ever bring back, who can align themselves with Bianca Belair to take on former friend Bailey and her new pals. You're right, the Iconics. Yeah, I knew you'd be pitching for it. <laughs> but yeah, that as well. Like, I don't think that was an accident that you were left for a second to ponder who could be even up the numbers game here. Like, I, th- I thought, I thought it, I know you did, I know a lot of people did, and you were invited to think it before Becky Lynch appeared in the ring there. I love this. I, I love all of this. I love that this only need be night one of a series of individual matches, tag team matches. Um, I'll think a lot about one of my esteemed colleagues, Michael Sidgwick's best, in my opinion, best takes, and he nailed it from the off about the Wednesday Night War, was that in episode one, uh, NXT went big with Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, the biggest match they had in that brand, yeah. for the belt no less. And AEW set up with, through Chris Jericho, a stable to counter the elite who themselves already had existing rivalries with other people in that company. The sprawling fuse you could generate for a week, and they did, for weeks yeah, yeah, and yeah. months off that was really like an incredible moment for the company and for obviously their victory in the war. And that's what that reminded me of. I looked at that and I immediately saw all the pairings that everybody could see Mm -hmm. made bare, but then the possibility of the things that would spin off those pairings as well. He he did it. it. Even when NXT was garbage, 
and I'm thinking of like mid 2020 in the empty full sale before they moved it to the um, performance center. Yeah, you still had the likes of Sasha and EO main event in Sasha and Bailey versus EO and Asuka, and there were it was one of the only things that could compete with AW realistically. Yeah, exactly. You had the build of the inevitable breakup between Dakota Kai uh, and the, the Raquel then Gonzalez, like. Can book women's wrestling. Yeah. He gets it more than I think anybody else in North American wrestling history. And why would you not play to your strengths now that you're in the big chair? I just cannot wait for the permutations to reveal themselves over the next couple of weeks. Not the only return, of course, from SummerSlam, though. Uh, after two months, I believe, away, Edge is back, uh, seemingly aligning, at least for the night, mm-hmm. with the Mysterios to take on his former stable, The Judgment Day. Uh, presumably, he's going to get uh, have his say tonight. Yeah, I think they've been um, as patient as they needed to be with Edge. The story was his travel plans were cancelled last week and he was the return was saved for SummerSlam. I think that was the right call, ultimately. It felt like a big stadium moment for a big stadium crowd and it made Edge look as big as he possibly could, despite the, like how diminished his aura feels because of the stuff they've already done with him. It's, it's not a last chance, but this needs to go well. Yes. It's Edge. He's kind of... He's, he's not... He's clearly not bulletproof, but he's there as long as he wants to be, or he's there forever if they want him. But this really, really needs to go well. The obvious thing to do is maybe have, you know, whether they want to do a six-person, I guess, or the Judgment Day find a third, or indeed you go down the Edge Ray Mysterio route now, and we begin Dominic Term in a more sort of, not a slower way, because the Judgment Day have already said, come and join us, and there's been the teasers of it. We talked last week about the Eddie Guerrero influence on Dominic ultimately overwhelming him and making him pick the Judgment Day because of him wanting to be more like his quote-unquote real dad, Eddie Guerrero, rather than his father, Rey Mysterio. I think Edge might as well be a peripheral character in all of that. If only because on the SmackDown games, he had a wicked execution of the electric chair. So imagine (laughs) if he was teaching Dominic that move backstage in match prep and didn't realize that he was effectively handing the son the loaded gun with which to shoot the father. Because as we've always said, like that turn will eventually take place. We've made it clear on other podcasts when yeah. that day will be. Not going to bore the listeners with that. But uh, maybe you see, you remember when Triple H and Trish Stratus were working on a hammerlock? Maybe we just cut backstage and Edge is constantly helping Dominic with his electric <laughs> chair right, on the shoulders, tight grasp, fall backwards. Do you think there's any way that the Judgment Day add another member? Because it always feels like they do that to maybe refresh. And, mm. and I think overall they're probably going to win this feud. Well, I'll get into my predictions in due course, but do you think maybe that's what they need now? Of uh, I don't know who it might be. Obviously, we'd well, pitch like Champion. if not Dominic, yeah, mm. in the interim, because basically I'm I'm pitching an eight man, yeah, because you know I love Rhea Ripley and I think she could pull this off. No, no bother whatsoever. But they will will not book a woman and a man wrestling in WWE. No, you'd need a woman on the babyface side and do it that way. And yeah. you got Beth Phoenix right there. Yeah. And that's what they talked good. about with Edge coming back. Yes. So I just think, you know, you can't have a babyface numbers advantage. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, I suppose what you could do, and this actually plays into the storyline, I've sort of stumbled into this with you. They go, all right, once and for all, we'll have an elimination match. Or we'll have, a, yeah, let's have an elimination match, actually. That makes sense. It makes it easier for me uh, in my book in here. And they go, three of you versus us three. And Ray's like, Whoa, free blood fried for three. I'm going to take Edge and Beth Phoenix. Yes, I like that. Yes, Dom's very good. Like, you what? The, the Somebody doesn't join Judgment Day, especially if it's not Dominic and it's just another member, is like... Mustafa, he's got a bit of history with cults. Well, yeah. 
somebody joined at this point has got to make the call that they are sidling up to like the loser stable of the moment. There's mm-hmm. always one in WWE now. There's always a group that are just uh, like got this terrible record and they talk a good game and they constantly get beat. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite comparing the judgment day to retribution, but results wise, they're certainly not far off. Or yeah. Zelina Vega's gang of losers. <laughs> like it, things don't go well much for the judgment day. And you know, I'm not they've not got spooky powers or anything like that. But the whole point of them being nasty and villainous and together is that they should get results. Yes. And yet it's pretty much gone wrong for them since they booted Edge out, which they had coming because he'd won the night before. So they, a new member might basically help WWE and Triple H work around the enormous logic hole. Yeah. Like it's kind of a plot hole how terrible the Judgment Day are when it comes to wins and losses. So they could do with working through that. And yeah, a new member. It adds a bit of drama and suspense. When Finn turned, that was something to talk about when it came at the group. I'm not saying they're beyond rescuing because they're not. But as it stands, Edge linking up with Rey Mysterio feels like a protracted squash, doesn't it? Mm. They, the babyfaces win fairly handily in that big blow-off match. Unless uh, well, Dom turns on his dad. Unless. And I could see them going for this as a, a big Extreme Rules match as well. I think that could be Edge's actual comeback match. Is it? Is uh, Or maybe not Clash at the Castle. We've got that first, haven't mm. we? So maybe Clash at the Castle, yeah. A big comeback match for Edge on one of those shows. Uh, so maybe, maybe somebody else is joining the ranks in the meantime. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Let's talk Seth Rollins. Uh, Meme-worthy content from (laughs) SummerSlam. Has he taken Riddle out for good for you? No, but I like that they tried to convince me of it and I admire the, um, ultimately, what proved to be quite a good move, I think, the gumption to take the match off the bill, um, one that people were really excited about at SummerSlam, Seth Rollins and Riddle, and not just do it for delaying, because that's a WWE thing it is, like, not just, uh, oh, we we need that for another time because we have got nothing, there is absolutely nothing on the docket. Instead, run an angle that was welcome on the night as a distraction from some of the matches, Mm -hmm. and has actually further intensified the heat. That was a significant beatdown that Seth Rollins laid on Matt Riddle. He couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. He, like, they showed the referee trying to pull him to his feet, and he couldn't stand under his own strength. Um, so they're going to work this injury quite well. I think it's going to make for a great match because Riddle is going to fight underneath 
a, what looks like a terrifying injury when they do indeed have their match, which is all a work. There's no even real injury that he's near, is it? This is all storyline stuff to build a mm-hmm. big angle. Um, no, I thought the angle at SummerSlam was quite inspired, and I think Seth tonight will get to talk about not just the, that he took out Cody Rhodes, that he's now taken out Riddle, and, you know, who wants a piece of this? And I expect Seth Rollins to win a impromptu match tonight. Yeah, it's going to be Mustafa Ali again. Like we're just pitching him <laughs> for any slot where he's need fit, and he's going to beat a babyface tonight. on, bloody tonight. screen, for goodness <laughs> He's going to beat a babyface tonight, um, just to make a point, really. He's going to do it with the stomp, and I think Riddle's comeback, if nothing else will be that sort of, maybe he's going to like stand up from the chair or they're going to show him in hospital. Like this is going to look like he's had to rehabilitate to get Mm. himself ready for Seth Rollins, which puts over Rollins as a bigger threat in the first place. This is not just a match that these two found themselves connected to one another on Raw. Now they're going to have the match to see who's the better wrestler. They're going to have actually injected this with a bit of personality and a bit of grudge. Yeah. And I think by the time we get to, I'm assuming Clash at the Castle, you know, they probably want a stadium for this. By the time we get there, I think this is going to be as hot as it's been. Yeah. We're not like four weeks or something. Yeah. That, they, they probably nailed it. They, like, honestly, if you think about last week, they pinned Riddle in the like in the main event in Madison Square Garden. They had Roman Reigns defeat him and then had, obviously, Seth lay the beat down on him there. The big heat angle at SummerSlam. Riddle's win is going to mean way more than it would have done had we been talking about this two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have seen Roman Reigns pin Riddle. You'd have had Riddle crack a joke or do... Seth Rollins appreciation night and be trying to hide his joint or something like that backstage. <laughs> and then they'd have had a good match, a really good match at SummerSlam and Riddle probably would have won. Would he be as over as I think he'll probably be when he beats uh, Seth after this? I doubt it. Um, speaking of, uh, of people from, uh, from SummerSlam and what's next for them, Logan Paul, like fairly definitive. Yeah. The victory got over Miz, but there is an opening you know, for him to capitalize on the the buzz around him following SummerSlam. Mm. And there's an argument you could have a tag team match, obviously, with his new friend, AJ Styles. Yeah. Do you think he's going to show up on, on Raw, perhaps? So, I keep forgetting. I think it's because it's over here, actually. Well, it's, you know, it's in Wales. But I, I think it's because it keeps, like, escaping my mind that we've got a giant stadium show yes. in a month. Not we, what culture? We've got an almost as big show. Yeah, basically. On the Saturday that they should theoretically be looking like this as a big stadium card. It's Saudi or Wales beer, isn't it? <laughs> like, they're not going to be WrestleMania or SummerSlam big, but they're going to need to look like they belong in a giant stadium. There's nothing worse. Like I say, there's nothing worse than these Saudi Arabia shows. End of sentence. <laughs> there's nothing worse than on these Saudi Arabia shows when there is something that doesn't belong in a raw, let alone in front of like 50,000 people or whatever. Yeah. It looks preposterous. So maybe Logan Paul does work the tag. I was thinking you're pretty much done with him till Royal Rumble. He he works basically whenever he wants to promote his stupid products. He does a what was his talk show called last week? Impulsive TV. Does one of them every now and then uh kickstart something with somebody, but then realistically you probably don't get him again till the rumble. And then Big yeah. baby face now. Well, yeah, and I I think maybe there probably is something to that. Like he's gotten a little bit of momentum off the back of the Miz match. There's a clearly a tag match in it, but it's do they, this is the question, they've got something in Logan Paul. Do they think we've got to put him in a stadium again? Him in front of big crowds looks better than putting him in the small yeah, building straight yeah. away. Or do they realise that he might be a draw and save his first Raw match for an event? You know, like him and AJ versus Champa and Miz could go in a stadium, but equally they could think, you know, we could get like an extra 
few hundred thousand views yeah. off this. Like maybe it becomes like a big advertised role match for a couple you of weeks. You could do time. a hometown one as well, and that would all make it a yeah. little bit easier in terms of baby facing him. I wonder if they had something in the back of their mind for the tag match to go to coincide with the week of the Jake Paul fight, but that's been scrapped, hasn't it? Has it? Yeah. So I'd like. I think they probably would have enjoyed doing a bit of piggyback joint promotion on that. And now with that not there anymore, I think it was going to take place in like two weeks, and I think it's off. There's been some. Meant to fight that be what's his name, wasn't he? Fu- Tommy Fury. Yeah, I think there was some sort of finagling with the weight limits, and the fight's now off. Something like it sounded like it sounded like it was ticket related. To be honest, like they hadn't drawn or whatever. But obviously, security concerns like WrestleMania. Or yeah, like that. that kind of thing. Oh, we're, just, we're gonna have to give me Sergeant Slaughter wrestling the bulletproof vest. But yeah, so hey, I think what, Jake Paul versus Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter followed me on Twitter recently. Yeah, he's he's an interesting one on social media. I, I didn't one. follow him back because I had a quick scan of his uh, tweets and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> but I guess like thanks for listening, Sarge. Yeah, appreciate the, appreciate the subscribe. Leave us a five star review. We'll review one of you. We'll review that time that you uh, were involved in a Photoshop picture with Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Why not? Eh? What do you mean Photoshop? Huh? Huh? I've been dreading getting to this point, but I'm going to have to ask you about it. Michael Hamlet is tonight the end of the Street Profits. Oh. So I'm dreading it, but also quite looking forward to it. Yeah. um, They didn't go any further than the defeat on, um, you know, I had a bit of a flashback to SummerSlam 2021 when I saw that because the camera lingered on Dawkins and Ford defeated again. Very, very, like a lot written across the faces of both men, separate and together. And then it cut back to the Usos on the ramp and I was thinking, oh, like, one more cut back to the ring. I, I don't want this to end. And it reminded me of last year. Yep. When, was it the Usos dethroning the Mysterios? You're right. And I wanted it to cut back to the ring, because I wanted us to be like... Me and you were messaging, weren't we? Going, yeah. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And then it fades. Not tonight, not tonight. And it was like, well, that's good, because we didn't predict it for tonight. Yeah, predicted it for another time. So I wanted it. I wanted more Street Profits interaction. And, Yeah. I'll put this out there on the SummerSlam one. I'm going to put it out again because I don't think it's a take I've seen much of. So I don't know how, like, this might, I wouldn't say this would be boiling hot, but it's in the oven. It's a, in, along with the other dinners I can cook. <laughs> it's Montez Ford turning heel. I think, I think is the way to go here. The reaction to Jeff Jarrett's completely fair count in the match, that sounds like I'm doing a bit, but it was, <laughs> especially considering his entrance at Ric Flair's last match. But like, best heel in the business still. But it's completely fair count. He called it right down the middle. Yeah was to get up in his own head and be angry at what he felt was a screw job rather than just the Usos kicking out and we've got to crack on, we've got to win the belts. So his hot-headedness becomes the catalyst for the turn. When he turns, his big head that has been built up by everybody and they're listening and he can say, I've heard it. Everyone's been telling me that I'm going to be the breakout star. So I break out and now all of a sudden you've got a problem with me. Mm. Like here, here it is. Angelo Dawkins, already a little bit... How Right, I think they've not just backdoored it in a Montez Ford future massive genuine main event star. They might have backdoored into Angelo Dawkins, legitimately sympathetic figure. Because what happens in every single conversation about Montez Ford being a breakout star, you then go, you know, and I feel sorry for Angelo Dawkins because he's pretty awesome. Like, you do it without thinking. Yeah, we've already like, sort of booked him to just disappear. Yeah, everyone has already got sympathy for this guy because he can clearly go... Right? He's got a different, but no less unique charisma. Montez Ford is a charisma of a different kind, right? Mm. And we've seen megastars become megastars with Montez Ford's brand of charisma. And I think that's where Dawkins differs. Doesn't mean that he can't be a star in his own right. It's just WWE has this horrible record. They've 
come up with their own terminology, which I don't like, the genetic of guys. It's almost like they look forward to it. Oh, the team is splitting up. Who are we going to genetic? See you fucking later, Tucker. Tough yeah. tits, because we enjoy Otis. Like, Miz and Otis is hot. <laughs> it's just like, why? If you get two stars, bonus, right? And I honestly think they might have shown that a little bit, or the agent in that they're... If if this is a Triple H thing, then great. He's going to get the blame. He's going to get the praise for all the good stuff, and somebody else is going to get the blame for the bad. I guess in this current period, in this in between, this transition. But I honestly feel like I was directed to see Montez Ford as a guy that maybe should have just got on with business a bit on Saturday, yeah. rather than questioning Jeff Jarrett, questioning the referee, and yet again letting the Usos get in their heads. I'd almost allow WWE to do proper WWE stuff here, mm. which is tonight on Raw. One more championship contenders match for the Street Profits versus the Usos because then they're going, it's happening. They'll lose again and then you know it's coming. Like, rather than just Montez Ford stewing on it and coming out and then clonking his mate with a mic yeah. or whatever, like one more shot. Maybe not necessarily against the Usos. Maybe you just say, you know, tonight we're going to have a, a fatal four way, a load of tag teams because the Usos need, we need to hurry up and work out who's facing the Usos at Clash at the Castle because mm-hmm. it's only a few weeks away. And they don't win, obviously. Yeah. And that's the real story. I would book it as the... I would announce it tonight for next week's Raw. Oh, and yeah. Because like, to make a point of saying, look, no, we're booking. We're actually thinking about who's doing what and call it, based on Roman and Brock with the Usos, call it last men standing. So it's a contenders match. And this, if they win that, they will get their title shot or clash at the castle. If they lose, they can never fight for the belts as long as the Usos have got them. And we always like to give alternatives here on the podcast, mm-hmm. good and bad. You've done the good, um, correct. Uh, Montez Ford turns heel, blah, blah, blah. But what if, using a storyline, that they, this is LTST of a magnificent development. The breadcrumbs, there was one breadcrumb. It's one crumb. Yeah. And then they hoovered that crumb and went, we didn't drop any crumbs. Someone spikes uh, either Montez Ford or Angelo Dawkins to drink and they have to go to the toilet. Oh my God. Solo Cup has given him the sh- He's poisoned him. He's poisoned his own partner. Look. Is that Selena Vega who did that? Yeah. Before she became the queen. <laughs> um, in terms her as well. What's she up to? In terms of products that can play havoc with your arse, the Usos have got form. Oh, so yes. Maybe, maybe they're the ones that... Right, one final thing I want to talk about. Uh, well, I don't even necessarily want to... Theory. Mm-hmm. Could they have a bit of fun with this? And I, I'm I'm very hesitant to make light of any of anything related to this whole Vince situation because yeah, yeah. it's just. But like he had a crap night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he lost inside five minutes. Didn't win his US title back, and then he thought, "Oh, it's okay though, because I want to cash in." Yeah. And then both Roman and Brock were like, "You can bollocks, you can." Yeah. So what if tonight? I don't know. Maybe this is too meta. Maybe this is too like internet fanny. Mm. But um, what if, I just realized I've said internet fanny there. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but still. Yeah. Um, what if tonight you just. In America, this is like, why are they lingering on him talking about someone's ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if tonight he just, you see him stomping, he's really grumpy backstage, <laughs> and he walks into this office, and Steph's there. She goes, yeah. yeah, can I help you? And he like looks back. Looks at the door. It's just got CEO written on it. He's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, force of habit. Yeah. Just a little something like that. I don't know. That's not bad. It's not bad. Like, it, he's... They're in a they're in a prison of their own making with theory at the moment. It's all they know to do is to beat the dog out of somebody holding the briefcase. Again, like, 
do we look here to Triple H to see if there's a if he has a different attitude towards this? Because it's not just the briefcase, is it? It's Theory himself. What yeah. If, yeah. What if he's not a fan of him? You never know. I guess like in a situation like this, there was he was they were um, teasing stuff with Dolph Ziggler, and if they think that's worthy of a premium live event, you assume that Theory goes over in the end. I swear, it looked to me like they were going to have Ziggler as his mentor. He's trying to kick some sense into it. I thought that's... Eventually they become a tag team, yeah. Yeah, I thought that's where they were heading. You've also got theories... After seven series? Oh, Jesus Christ, mate. I thought we were forecasting this trying to get good again. Um, Drew is somebody that's got a bit of aggro with theory now. I've got another searing hot take. Did you watch SmackDown in your very busy weekend or not? No. I would understand that because SummerSlam was following right after it. So there was a segment at the end where... So, obviously, Drew's defeated Sheamus, and he has now got the shot, right? And then you've got Paul Heyman doing his... This is pre-SummerSlam, so this whole spiel, you know, like, talk last year into the building, that kind of thing. And then there's theory with, like, laying claim, I guess, to winning the title. And there's a big schmoz, and it all breaks down, and that sort of thing. And um, Drew McIntyre... He hit the Claymore on Brock. I think he did. And it hits the Claymore on Brock, and it's that sort of, like... It was this idea that, like, can we make people believe that Brock might win on Sunday, on uh, SummerSlam... Because Drew is now mm-hmm. targeting the champion. He doesn't care who he's targeting yeah, the champion, yeah. right? So all that sort of stuff. A lot of it feels redundant as soon as the premium live event has taken place. But in that moment, um, Paul Heyman was obviously looking down at the, the chaos that had gone on. You know, and like, oh no, his tribal chief. Look at all these things that are potentially on his tribal chief's plate. And I was thinking like, so they've, they've just done this thing where Paul Heyman has witnessed Drew McIntyre take out Brock Lesnar with the Claymore as he has, and he's looked at Theory, and he's like, Theory sucks. Theory's an absolute stupid loser. <laughs> Could Paul Heyman aid Drew McIntyre into defeating Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle? And is that how they get out of, well, how do you beat Roman Reigns? How do you actually do it? Oof. Like, and they just WWE the absolute living out of it. And you remember, like, Austin turning in Dallas, that sort of thing. I know yeah. we're not in Scotland. <laughs> but... I, I don't know. I started to wonder if the the next leap here for Heyman, especially with Roman going into the part-time schedule and at some point he's going to lose, like, not just one belt, both belts, he's mm. going to be more of a, a part-timer in every in every way. I don't know. I saw something in um, Drew and Paul Heyman as a new sort of, wow. a new coupling on screen. And it perhaps speaks to how little I care about theory that when you asked me about him, it just set me off on that random <laughs> thought train and said, I just... I don't care. I'd like to see how much they did. Now this is this yeah. This is going to be an intriguing test of of Triple H now because we said it initially. Like this isn't going to be an overnight change to Monday Night Raw mm. or WWE or anything like that. But there will be incremental changes, and you'll be able to. You know, we saw it a little bit with how Raw opened, or the fact that they didn't go. Oh God, Montez has bust his, his head open. We got yeah, to stop yeah. this. Uh-huh. Theory is an intriguing one, and uh, I look forward to see how the Triple H era tackles that tonight mm. and I think that's oh sorry Paul do you want me to yeah okay it's time to play the game <laughs> that's right because you've got to work out who Bobby Lashley's next opponent is for the US title oh man and I don't really want to just guess someone from the roster because although I would oh Chad Gable versus Bobby Lashley oh, I mean, yeah. but instead I have the WWE alumni page open in front of me. Oh, I am scrolling through. Tell me when to stop. Picking up between one and four, and we will announce in advance of tonight's Monday Night Raw who the new challenger to Bobby Lashley in his United States Championship is going to be. Stop. One. <laughs> well, 
I think one of the last times I saw him on camera, he was aligned with Triple H. So this would make sense in the Triple H era. Okay. It's time, Michael Hamflit, mm-hmm. you to get hype. Because Mojo Rawley's coming <laughs> back. <laughs> you oh, were, my. Oh, look at that. I, I remember the last, uh, one of the last memories I have of him yeah. is him just shoving Michael Cole whilst Triple H goes, yeah, go on, Cole, get high. That's right, the bullying episode when he was alongside Gronk and he thought, I'm set for life here. Eh? My mate's an NFL guy and he signed. What can possibly go? Oh, everything. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'm not going to shoot on Mojo because what a guy. He was involved in that dreadful friggin' NFT Nottingham Pain thing. show in Nottingham, wasn't yeah. it? And Yeah, I did see this. This is top work. When the whole thing went as tit up as we all assumed it would do, he just out of his own pocket held some sort of meet and greet and a hangout, didn't yeah. he? Like a sort of hype bro hangout thing just because he was here in the UK anyway and thought he'd have a nice time. Nothing but respect for Mojo. Good luck to him tonight. Good, well, I mean, he's going to get right absolutely battered against uh, Bobby Lashley, but fair play to him. Like, the United States Open Challenge, that's what he can do. Bring it back. Somebody has to fight Bobby Lashley every single week. And that also not his nice sort of weird mirroring of the other mid-card champion on the other shows. I'm not... No, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even defending it on pay-per-view against someone who clearly merits a title shot. Is this the first time, maybe it's a post-SummerSlam thing that you're only really allowed to, to think about it now, is this the first time that anybody has said out loud the words to you, Survivor Series, Bobby Lashley versus Gunther? I've thought about it, but I didn't want to, I like, it's one of those where you like, I realised you and I did this for a while with Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. And I was a lot more confident of that, and I wasn't confident of that at all. I don't want to... You know when someone says, like, do you know what's not happened to me for a while? I haven't lost my phone. Yeah, yeah. Next oh, day, yeah. boom, it's gone. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna draw any Who would the... you think would lose the title before Survive Series? Because I'd say Lashley's got more chance of losing the US yeah, than I agree. Yeah. I, I mean I'd have gone through all it for a year. So I mean it shouldn't be a problem if he never has to defend it on premium live events. So those chops though. Oh, yeah. But yes. Mojo Rawley versus Bobby Lashley tonight. You heard it here first. Let us know your thoughts <laughs> and last ahead of the uh, first post-SummerSlam Triple H era Monday Night Raw How episodes. many weeks can we get out of this? A few more, definitely, at least. <laughs> the, the first August Raw, <laughs> helmed by Triple H, the game. Yes. A week before my birthday. So it's still time to send presents if you want to, to What Culture Towers. It's a week before my mum's birthday as well. Yeah. You only got a day party in my mum. Anyway, send, the, like, send her some cash in the post, Christ. Eh? <laughs> there your thoughts. Yeah, spend it on my kids. Edit tonight's raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWW. You actually you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWW, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the SummerSlam review and the Rampage review are available. As send podcasts. us a Sergeant Slaughter five star review review. And send us a five star review review if you haven't done Listen already. up, pukes. ITunes. That's him, not me telling people to... Uh, please leave us a five-star review. <laughs> iTunes, you can leave us a five-star review on there and suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related. Or if you want to, you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify and then just email your review to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.